you know, and I'm the same way. As soon as someone calls and they need help, where and when do I need to be there? You know, tell me and I'm on my way. What's going on, Refill Team Fairchild? You guys know how this works. The goal of this podcast is to help bring people together. Where it's stories of triumphs and success, or even stories of a little bit of failure or hardship. We share them all. Because by doing so, we help connect each other to one another. And that's really what this podcast is all about. So let's go ahead and get this episode started. All right, Refuel Team Fairchild, we got another episode going on today. Today I have Miss Tara Funderburg. For some of you, you probably don't know who she is, but you know what she does. She is the she is the wing commander's executive secretary. So she handles pretty much his schedule, what he needs to sign, when he needs to sign it, where he needs to go, whenever he's going TDY, she books that. She does a lot of stuff behind the scenes. So if you ever see Colonel Bentley around, it's probably because she sent him there. Mm-hmm. Tara, how are you today? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for joining us today. I know how busy you are, so I appreciate you having some time to leave the office to come see me. Yeah, they were uh, kind of scared when I left. <laughs> <laughs> I know I know how busy you stay, and I think you also kind of wrangle in the the whole exec team, probably. Major yes. U and Major Bryant and Cat uh, May. Yes, Cat May. Yeah. <laughs> and then Sergeant Caban yes. and her team. That's awesome. I've gotten to talk to you a handful of times since I took over this position. You always help me get on the schedule and get my FTAX scheduled and my professional enhancement courses scheduled. But what is, can you just tell us where you're from and um, a little bit about you? Well, I am a military brat. I grew up in the military, was born into it. My whole family is military. My dad was active duty for 20 plus years. Brother was active duty for over 20 years. Awesome. My twin sister did her 20 year stint. My dad said I was smart because I married into it. (laughs) And uh, so military is all I know. It's been my life for almost 46 years in a couple of days. And so this is what I know. And if I had to leave the military today, I wouldn't know what to do. Sure. I think a lot of us run into that conundrum. And I think that's how it reels some of us in. Yes. <laughs> Where to go next. Right. Um, but I mean, so uh, being a military brat, I mean, I was born in Minot, North Dakota. I don't remember it. Uh, I don't really claim it only because I was a baby when we moved. I do claim Alabama. That's where all okay. of my mom and dad's family is. And that's where I did spend some of my childhood when my dad was taking a humanitarian during her sure, career sure. Um, because his father wasn't doing very well. So we went home and took care of my papa and they gave him six months to live and he ended up living three more years. So my dad did a one year humanitarian exit, I guess, and then went back into the military on that, you know, 365th day. And we went back to Arkansas. Okay. And so we did that. And I've spent some time in California I've spent time in Arkansas. I've gone to Oklahoma. I've been in Alabama. I've been Texas. Being married to the military, I met my husband after I graduated high school. And that was quite some time ago. <laughs> and we were one of those love at first sight. Met him on a blind date. We met February 15th of 1995. Okay. So that's our Valentine's Day. We don't celebrate it on the 14th. We celebrate on the 15th. And then it was one of those when you know, you know. Sure. Because we were married by that July. Oh, wow. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So we're coming up on our 27th anniversary this summer. It's 
it's been an adventure. We, I was married young, um, no kids at the time. We went to Portugal. So I got to go overseas for the very first time as a young 20 year old and experienced that life. And it was different, but it was a blast. Enjoyed it. Wouldn't change a thing. I would totally do it all over again. And I highly recommend anybody and everybody that gets an opportunity to be able to get stationed to the Azores. And I know it's kind of far and few between. Um, take that opportunity, especially to be able to go and make that bond with the local community because it is very much family oriented over there and they will take you in as one of their own. And we got to experience that because we had our first child there okay. and, and I got to have a nanny and it was amazing because I did work full time. And that's where I started working for the civil service was okay. there in the Azores. I was actually hired as a summer hire. Yes. I got hired as a summer hire. Okay. I was working in the MPF at the time. They had some chiefs coming into town to talk about promotions and assignments and so they put me in charge as the POC to coordinate everything and anything to get them there, schedule meetings, get things set up, you know, with wing leadership, squadron leaderships and the groups. So that I did that and I fell in love with it. And as soon as that visit was kind of over, I started getting phone calls from other people across the base going, hey, we have a job opening. Do you want it? Well, I ended up taking a job opening in my husband's squadron just so we could be able to carpool. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so I started civil service pretty young. I was I had just turned 21 when I started civil service. And then we spent three and a half years in the Azores. And then we went over to Guam. Okay. So we started island hopping and yeah. it was amazing. We did four years there and it was an, an awesome time. You know, I ended up having two more kids out of that assignment. Okay. And I did work for the government over there as well getting into the contingency response squadron and then it turned into a group about a year and a half after I started working there and then we eventually PCS to Fairchild and this is where we're at <laughs> so we've been here almost 18 years now oh, wow yes and we called Fairchild home uh, my husband retired out of fuels um, in 2010 and he's a happy retired individual right now. I'm living that stay at home dad life sure. and uh, I work. And so <laughs> this is where I'm at. But since I've been at Fairchild, I spent some time over on the Sear side. I spent about four years over on the Sear side and had fun over there. Um, went to the comm squadron and spent 10 years with them oh, wow. running their, their CSS. And then after that, I went up to the wing and I've been up there almost three years now. And I've had a blast at every assignment I've done on this base. Wow, I didn't realize that you had been working at the wing for about the same amount of time I've been at this base. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah, because I got here the end of 2019, so right before all the COVID. The last. Yes. The last the last winter without COVID. <laughs> yeah, I got up to the wing about the end of October of 2019. Yep, that's when I got here. Mm -hmm. Right, right before the snow and everything. Though it did snow in September that year, I was coming from the East Coast, so I was definitely worried about the pass and everything. When, when my sponsor was telling me, yeah, it's already snowing over here. So good luck driving. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> well, this is Spokane for you. Yeah, and I, I think I'm probably the only person who appreciated last week. I don't really like the snow, but I know how hot it gets in the summer. So I'm embracing the cold weather as much as I can because I can always put on more clothes. But like I tell my, guy, my guys and girls on the line, you can only take off so many clothes on the flight line before it becomes inappropriate. You can always put on more clothes though. Yes. And I feel you because I'm always cold and, you know, being a girl from the South, 
I like heat and I would prefer the heat, but I do love it up here because the summers up here are not as bad as they can be down south. Sure. But everybody that's not used to that high heat, I'm okay with it because I'm like, this is home. This is, you know, I'm used to it. But it's just the winters are so bitter cold <laughs> to where, you know, when you get cold to the bone and you got to go home from work and take a hot, hot shower just to warm up and then layer up. True. Um, I just remember last summer, I think it was in the hundreds for a whole week. Oh, I was loving it. That was rough. And then almost every house, not in the world, but every house in the U.S. has heat, but only so many houses have AC. So another reason, again, I'm not an advocate for snow. I just, 60s, 70s, Sergeant Northam is happy. Yes. (laughs) It's perfect hoodie weather. I know some people would prefer it in the 80s, but 60s, 70s, yeah, you can still wear jeans if you want, or you can wear shorts, you can wear a hoodie, you can wear a t-shirt. There's so many more options. (laughs) That is true, but I would prefer hoodie and sweatpants. So you've actually already answered my next question on some of the things that you've done with the Air Force. So most of us only know being an active duty member or being um, the, the, the member in the Air Force. So can you give us some perspective from your side? What were some of the challenges as an Air Force spouse that you had, especially as a working mom? As a spouse, it's one of those individuals where you've got to be independent and be okay with having some independency, knowing that your spouse is going to be deployed or your spouse is going to be TDY a lot and you're the one left home taking care of everything on the home front, you know, making sure bills are paid, laundry's done, kids are fed, you know, grass is cut. You are basically doing it on your own. And it takes a strong individual to be able to do that because uh, it's not the life for everybody. But I feel like it came easier to me because let me tell you, there were some hard times, but there were a lot of easier moments only because growing up in the military, my dad was a flyer and my dad was sure. never home. Sure. He was always gone. And so my mom was basically a single mom to three kids and my mom made it work. And so I was like, well, if she can make it work, I can make it work. And it's just a matter of, you know, having the willpower to keep it going, you know, cause it, especially going overseas, you know, as a young adult, a young spouse, you don't have that opportunity to just jump in the car and drive home to mom and dad. True. You know, you, you got to make it work. And there was a few times I called my dad and was like, daddy, buy me a plane ticket to come home. And he's like, you're grown, figure it out. Oh, okay. Thanks. Um, (laughs) and you know, I did, I had to, because you don't really have that support system when you're overseas other than people that you know you work with or people your neighbors with kind of build your own support system over there and you build your own family over there and that was the one thing I did love about being overseas was the family and the bonds that you made with people back then we didn't have Facebook you know we didn't even have cell phones (laughs) I'm dating myself (laughs) but um you know it was a lot of you know, pen pal, basically you're writing letters in by the mail. And then, you know, email was a new thing back then learning how to, you know, type up an email and send it to people. And then, you know, being able to have a computer, um, to be able to respond to that and, and stuff and to keep that connection going. But now you got all kinds of social media platforms, you know, you can make friends with someone and you're basically friends for life now. And that's one of the things I do like about, having that 
relationship with people, you know, being the spouse can friends, you're making lifelong friends. Sure. And it's one of those, when you make a phone call to one of them and if you need help, they drop what they do and they come and help you. And, you know, and I'm the same way. As soon as someone calls and they need help, where and when do I need to be there? You know, tell me and I'm on my way. And, but that's just in my nature to be able to help take care of other people and uh, to give back. Sure. No, yeah. That's kind of cool to hear your perspective because uh, my first duty location was overseas. I went to Milton Hall back in 2005. So we're a little bit ahead of the times with computers being accessible. But cell phones, you still didn't text. You didn't use your your British phone to text home because that would cost a lot of money. Or we still had the prepaid phones, which I don't know if that's really a thing as much anymore because contracts are so cheap. But yeah, we we went to work and like we lived in the dorm. So we had that built in family. Mm -hmm. And especially I was lucky because I was in a country that for the most part, we spoke the same language. But for when I went to Germany or the airmen that have families that are trying to figure out Japan or Korea, if they don't have people who speak the language, it can be very difficult for the spouse, especially if they haven't found work yet to try and acclimate and integrate into the the community especially when their spouse goes to work all day so they're still speaking english they're still having a life they have that work family and your spouse and your kids are left at home trying to figure out the the community on their own at least during the work day so yeah that is it was so for me it was very difficult when we went um to the azores because we had no kids at the time i wasn't working yet and when my husband would go to work, I was left at home. Sure. I had no car. So then you just started walking everywhere and you explore the island and you get to where you can. And then you got to communicate and you just start learning. Some of them, they spoke English, but it was not the best English. But you have to figure you're in their country. Yes. And so you got to make the most of it. And let me tell you, it's really easy to order a beer. <laughs> you know, just go up there and be like, cerveza, please. <laughs> and you get your beer. But the first time I ever had a, quote, coffee there, uh, I did not realize it was going to be an espresso. Oh, okay. And this coffee came out in this little bitty cup. And I'm like, what is this? <laughs> They're like, our sponsor was like, just go ahead and drink it. It's coffee. Yeah, was not the coffee I was expecting. Uh, so really quickly, I learned what their galones were, which basically is a cappuccino. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I was hooked. Yeah, Portuguese is so interesting, too, because usually we think Spain and they do get a lot of their their language or their yeah their language from the Spanish. But then they also have a huge there's also a lot of influence from Japan, which I didn't notice at first until the first time I asked how to say thank you. And they said, obrigado. It's like, oh, wow, that sounds a lot like arigato. And like, yes, exactly. It's like, what do you mean? Like, That's Japanese. And then uh, the the person serving us dinner explained, you know, that there was a lot of influence from a long time ago when Japan, I guess, was in Portugal or Portugal. Yeah, it must have been. Um, but they had a huge influence, yeah. which I didn't even know. There was a language barrier, but you learned really quickly. And so I just learned the basics. Now, ask me today. I don't know a thing. Um, it's been way too long since we've been out there and I have not used any of the language since we left there. It was one of those, it's a beautiful language. I would love to hear, I would just ask my nanny questions just to hear her speak. 
And I'd always tell her, just talk to me in Portuguese because I just love the language. Oh, that's um, awesome. Yeah. And then she, uh, she was with us for almost a year, uh, helping take care of our son. And then she had to teach me some things because my son was learning Portuguese okay. and got to where he wouldn't respond to me because he only would respond to her. Okay. And even our dog got to where... <laughs> She wouldn't respond to me, but she was responding to my nanny because she spoke Portuguese and the yeah. dog understood her. And so it was one of those, all right, well, you need to teach me what you're talking to them so I know how to talk to my family. Oh, no, that's cool, though. Yeah. I, I always like learning. I wish I knew more languages. I wish I le- would have learned more when I was a kid. I, I did take Japanese for four years in high school, but part of me wishes I would have learned more because I just think it's it's so I was going to say cool, but it's just nice to be able to go to another country and be able to at least say the basics. Right. Uh, I think we were in Spain or no Spain. We were in France and we we're in Southern France. So they were a little bit nicer to us than, than, uh, the Northern French. <laughs> but if we even attempted to kind of speak French, they would then kind of work with us. Cause it's crazy how many other countries know English, but how few of us know another language. Exactly. But yeah, if you worked with them, I think sometimes they just didn't want to hear us butcher their language, but then they would usually work with you and oh, yeah, we do speak a little bit of English. What did you want? Yeah. Sorry. And it, it was nice because uh, when I was over there, I worked in the political affairs office. And so we had uh, one of the local nationals who was one of our translators. And then we did have um, three of our military members that I worked with, they were all translators as well. And so they would teach me Portuguese. And then uh, when we worked with the Portuguese Brigadero and his staff, um, they would always tease me because I could never speak the language, but I I could listen and and pick up on what they would say, but I just couldn't speak it. And so they tried every day and they would always put a word of the day on the dry erase board and um, make me use that word in a sentence sometime during the day just to make sure I was using it correctly. Awesome. Yeah. But like I said, (laughs) couldn't tell you what it is today because I haven't used it in a very long time. Well, that's a good segue to my next question because I wanted to ask you uh, what some of the best parts about the Air Force for you have been, maybe both as a civilian working. I mean, our civilians are big A airmen, right? So what's been some of the highlights for you as both a spouse and then just an airman? I feel like as a spouse, it allowed me to be able to see the country getting to move. But I mean, I grew up moving every two to three years all the time as a child with my father. But then as a spouse, I got to continue that into my adulthood. And man, those are free trips around the world, let me tell you. So, I mean, you got to take advantage of, you know, the places that you're sent and go and explore. And I think that's one of the biggest advantages of being a spouse is getting to go see all those different countries that you normally wouldn't do if you were not married to a military member or in the military yourself. It's just that is a cool experience to get to go to different countries and see how other people are lit, you know, how they live, because you may think you're living in a bad situation in the U.S., but if you go to another country, we have it good here, yes. you know, because they are living worse you know some countries are some aren't some places we went were bad some were really good and you know um, you can tell that these countries have pride in what they do because they take care of their land basically the azores was a beautiful just the islands itself they were all beautiful all the stone walls i love the uh 
traffic jams, which was basically cows in the road. Those were traffic <laughs> jams. The Azores had the best golf course. Hmm. Oh, yes. I grew up playing golf. And then when we went there and the first time I got to play on that course, it was amazing. We instantly got our memberships and we would go every day. It's one of those. It was amazing. The food was good, too, though. I did go there TDY. We were there for two days, actually. It was so windy. We didn't get to take off when we were supposed to, so we stayed the extra day. But I remember when we got off the aircraft, my my uh, bag just fell over, and it just took off down the runway by itself, or the taxiway by itself. I was like, what the heck? I don't even know how we landed that day, but we did get to eat at the Steak on a Rock. I know there's a bunch of those. Yes. That's yes. a must when you're in the Azores. Yes, uh, that was... Yes. And yes. I just remember how steep it was from the shop at to billeting. It was, I, I feel like it was a 45 degree angle at least, just how steep everything. On oh, that every day was leg day <laughs> when you walked there. Yes. And, and we, where we were at, cause I worked in the headquarters building. So it was at the top okay. of the hill basically. And uh, well, our housing was at the bottom of it, just outside the base. And I would oh, walk that every okay. day, walk to work, walk home, walk back and forth. And I would walk that all the time because when the weather was gorgeous there and yeah, it was windy, but it was one of those, if you went for a walk with your animal or your small child, you better hang on to them. Cause if not, they will blow away. I <laughs> uh, had a door ripped off of the hinges on one of my vehicles because I opened the door in the wrong direction of sure. the wind. And it can easily rip your door hand, you know, the door off your hinges, which I experienced. Yeah, it was definitely windy. And then we were there at a bad time because I think it was October, but it was still raining the whole time we were there for the most part. It was nice the first day. And then once we got stuck there, it just started raining on us just to add insult to injury, I guess. Yeah, that was <laughs> probably the start of the winter season okay. because there was pretty much two uh, seasons. You had your winter season, which was nothing but rain and wind. And then you had the 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 quote summer season, okay. which we called it softball season because that's all we played there, which would start around March, April timeframe and it would last until September, October. Oh, wow. Okay. So we had pretty much two seasons. Yeah, we went from sunny, sunny, warm, Suda Bay and then Rota, which was still quite warm. And then it was nice when we got to the Azores. It was just very windy. And then the second day it just started raining. So we must have brought rain season with us. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> uh, when we were there, the winters, I mean, they thought it was cold, but it would get to like 50s. It Their winters would be in the 50s. And I had a lightweight jacket that was my winter coat for three years. And it was it was pretty awesome. Wow. What are some of the highlights from the big A side of the house, the big, the airman side? The From the airman side, scenes that I've worked in different sure. career fields, yep. um, you know, different units and, and whatnot, just being able to see how each unit is ran and how it's structured and set up and gives you a better understanding of what makes a base run the way it runs. You know, everybody has their part. And as long as everybody's doing their part, it's a smooth run. You'll run into times you find your hiccups and whatnot, but it's just a matter of, you know, rallying the troops and then getting everybody to come together to make it work. And as long as you're able to do that and you keep everybody together, it works and it works well. And so that was the one thing that I've enjoyed with all the different units I've worked in, all the different commands, the magcoms that I've worked with is just seeing how everybody runs and, you know, how it's set up. Sure. Do you have a favorite commander at any level that you've worked for? Uh, you're talking about 25 years worth. 
Since your time at Fairchild, which I know is still a decent amount of time, but. Since my time at Fairchild, and man, it's hard to put on uh, who's my favorite because I feel like everybody I've worked with has been my favorite. Something that you've taken away from that person, a value or a trait. I would probably have to say uh, when I was on the SEER side, the last group commander I worked for over there, um, Colonel Scott Green, he showed me how to be able to embrace the day at the beginning of your day um, in a way that most people wouldn't. And I used to notice, because I'd always get to work before he did, and I would notice when he would show up in the parking lot that he would sit in his car for about five, 10 minutes before he would actually get out and come into the building. And so one day I finally asked him, I'm like, what are you doing in your car? And he told me, he's like, well, I sit in my car and I pray. And I ask God to guide me on how to be able to get through the day and to make the right choices that I need to make to make the day go well. And I'm like, oh, well, that's kind of cool. And so during that time, I was going through some hard times, family life, just in general, you know, everybody goes through moments, you know, it was one of those, I was spiraling into a deep depression and, and I needed a way to get out of that. So once he had told me that he did that, it was, oh, okay, well, teach me, you know, I want to learn how to do this. I need to find, you know, I need to find my happiness again. And if you don't mind, can, can we pray in the morning? And he's like, most definitely. So he, he would sit in his car and do his thing. And then he would walk in and he'd always tell me whenever you're ready, come on in. And so then that became our daily routine was go in and sit and have a quick little prayer. And I would ask God to guide me on on my day to make sure that I'm giving my best every day and being able to be there for my boss and for the troops and the airmen as well and just to make sure that I'm in the right frame of mind that I need to be in to make the day go well and um, and that always seemed to help me and so that's kind of something that I do to this day still but I don't sit in the parking lot and do it I do it as I drive into work okay makes for a better day. I'm in a better mood. I, you know, I have a great outlook on life. It just makes things better because if you come with positivity and then you come against someone that is negative, your positivity is going to reflect on their negativity and it's going to pull them out of their negative bubble that they're in because that happened to me, you know, and I had someone that was positive in my life that helped me come out of the negativity that I was going through in my life. And so now it's a matter of just paying it forward every day. Awesome. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, you're welcome. So for my younger listeners or maybe people that have just moved to Fairchild, what are some of the things that you like to do or what do you appreciate about this area? The familiness that we have here at Fairchild. It's a different kind of family familiness that you have versus being overseas and being stateside because you do have the ability to easily go visit relatives and whatnot. But for those that aren't, and especially for the young airmen that aren't able to afford to go home, considering we're in Washington, if they're from Florida, plane tickets are expensive, you know, but it's the fact of the people that take in the young airmen that don't have that family around and then they make them family. Cause I know I'm very big on that. And I've, there's some airmen that have come across my path that I've consider as my children, you know, and they call me Mama Tara and it warms my heart because one, I don't want to see anyone suffer. You know, I want to make sure that they feel welcomed and that they're happy and 
that they're not getting in a, a depression because they're missing mom and dad. So if I can be that friend, that sister, that aunt, grandma, you know, I'm all good for give me your kids for the weekend you and your wife go have some time to yourself I'll take the kids let me go and be auntie to them or grandma to them and go have fun and you guys go have fun and recharge reconnect with each other and then come back and get your kids awesome (laughs) because that was one thing that I never had I never had that one person that I felt like was a mom to me or an aunt or a sister Uh, I never made that connection with someone to be able to say, hey, let me take your kids for the weekend. But another thing was I didn't trust a lot of people. But everybody that I have met that has come across, you know, my path, I've made an effort to make sure that they feel welcomed and, you know, and that they are loved. And let me tell you, at one point I had a drawer that had, so many family care plans that I was on. And I told my husband, I'm like, we better hope that all hell don't break loose because we're about to inherit 20 kids. I'm just telling you. I was like, so just so you know, this is what we're doing. And he's like, all right, as long as they're taken care of, let's take care of them. And so that's been our biggest thing is to make sure that everybody's taken care of. Everybody's welcomed. Holidays, I'm usually inviting the young airmen. Hey, if you don't have anywhere to go, come on over. You know, I always cook too much food. So, you know, I, it's just making sure that everybody has somewhere to be and somewhere to go and someone to turn to. That's always been what I've done. Awesome. Well, I don't want to take up too much more of your time. Is there anything else you'd like to share or talk about before we end this episode? Other than Fairchild has pretty much where I have grown up now. I mean, because we've been on this base almost 18 years in the location as well. It's been a good part of my adulthood being here and growing up here now. And the fact that my boys have a place to call home because they haven't moved around like I did as a child. And I like the fact that now Spokane is home for me as well, because I don't plan to move. You know, this is this is it. We bought our dream home here. We're happy here. My kids are happy. My spouse is happy. I'm happy. And it's a great area. And I like the four seasons. I'm okay with the snow. But the only good thing is you can go snowboarding. True. The great thing is there's mountains within an hour, hour and a half of us. And, you know, just get in your car and go. And then in the summer, you can go hiking at said mountains or the fact that I play softball, and so I'm very big into the softball community in Spokane, playing in tournaments all over, but we're more of a traveling team now versus playing local. Sure. I love my softball community that I'm a part of, and I wouldn't change anything. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for spending a little bit of time with us today. You're welcome. This was fun. Yeah, I know how hard it is for you to get away from behind the desk once you're locked in for the day. Oh, yes, yes. There's days where, you know, as soon as I walk in, Next thing I know, it's 5, 5.30, and it's like, oh, I got to go. And then you leave, and it's like, what I do? Yes. Some days I couldn't tell you what I did, and other days I can rattle off exactly what I did. But it's what keeps bringing me back, and, you know, I love what I do, and being there for the people is what I'm here for. And, you know, I'll probably die in my chair. That's okay. <laughs> I'm well, never going to I hope retire. you stay before I retire, or oh. PCS. I, I don't want a PCS again, but... Yeah. Thank you for everything you do around the base and for taking in our young airmen when they don't have a place to go. Yeah. And just thank you for helping keep Colonel Bentley on schedule. (laughs) Oh, that's the best part of the day. 
But yeah, thank you so much for spending some time with us. And for my listeners, you guys have a spectacular day. Yes, thank you. Bye. All right, team, that wraps up another episode of Refill Team Fairchild. If you guys have any stories you'd like to share on the podcast or maybe know anyone that does have stories that they'd like to share, please let us know. You can reach us at 92 Foxtrot Sierra Sierra dot Foxtrot Sierra Delta Papa dot Fairchild Charlie Alpha Alpha at us.af.mil. And until next time, we'll see you then.